0: You are listening to Haftarah, the Shir series where we typically explore the connections between the Parsha Shavua and its corresponding Haftarah. However, here at the Database of Rabbi Shua Eisenberg, as we noted in the previous Haftarah Shir, this week is Rosh Hashanah, and at the moment of this recording, Shabbos coincides with the first day of Rosh Hashanah, which means that we will not be reading a regular Parsha Shavua and a regular Haftarah this week, but we have the special Kriyasa Torah for Rosh Hashanah, and of course, the unique corresponding Haftarah to that leaning. And with that in mind, I mentioned that in the previous Haftarah share we discussed the first Haftarah for Rosh Hashanah, and of course the laning that it corresponded to, the story of Chana, Tfilas Chana, and we discussed the significance of that story to the overall larger picture of Rosh Hashanah, the themes of Rosh Hashanah, and then of course we discussed its connection to the Kriyasa Torah, which discussed the birth of Yitzchak, and there really in this Haftarah is the completion of a triad which we alluded to in the previous year. the Gemara Megillah on Dafla Amadal tells us that there were actually three women whom Hashem remembered so to speak on Rosh Hashanah to grant them children the first of them was Sarah Imenu and of course the third of them which we mentioned yesterday was Chana um, and, um, and now we are focusing on the second of those two women, so between Sarah and Hannah, we have Rachel Imenu. Now, of course, you know, the story of the birth of Rachel's children is not in Navi. That is a story in the Torah, but we choose not to read that, um, but instead we read uh, a, a passage from Navi where we have the reference, the famous reference, the most famous pasuk, or I should say pairing of psukim in the Haftarah is the psukim that relates to Rachel Imeinu. Kol um, Brahma and usually the way you hear the song, is that it's followed by Rahamavaka alboneha, that the voice is heard on height and it is Rachel crying for her children. Of course, this is not completely the flow, because if you follow the pesukim, despite the fact that many songs have been written and have omitted words from the pesukim, but the pasuk in full Hashem, so says Hashem There is this voice on high that is being heard. Indeed, it is a bitter crying. Rachamavaka alboneha. This is Rachel crying for her children, and She's refusing to be comforted, to be consoled. Albaneha for her children, ki who for they are no longer. And, of course, the Pesukim continue. Now, as it happens that these psukim are very close to my family, as we, um, my family and I, my brothers and I, at my mother's Leviah, we darshan these Pesukim in connection to my mother, for whom this year is, of course, being dedicated to the nishmas, her should have an But what is most interesting is that these um, words, which... Um, definitely highlights the role of Rachel Imenu in the prophecy of Yermia. Um, these, the, the, these words are not really found explicitly in the liturgy of Zichronos, which is perhaps the fundamental connection between all of the Krios, which we discussed in the previous Torah Shir and which we are discussing now, the idea that Hashem remembers. Yom HaZikaron, the whole concept that Rosh Hashanah is a day of remembering. We addressed the question of what does it mean that Hashem remembers, as if to say that Hashem could possibly forget. Right, so it's a very it's a very strange word to use in reference to Hashem, and especially to say that there's a special day where Hashem remembers is that to say that Hashem does not remember on other days. And even the word remember is a little bit strange in reference to Hashem, right? There are a lot of things that, from an anthropomorphic sort of way, um, they're, they're strange to uh, attribute to Hashem, but when we talk about remembering, usually it means that after a long period of time, you know, you remember something. Maybe maybe it was kept in mind the whole time, but, you know, um, we have like zakhar as opposed to Tishkach, which means forgetting, right? We have that by Yosef, um, whom, um, parenthetically, Chazal tells us that he was also released from prison on Rosh Hashanah, um, but before that happened, the Sar Hamashkim um, says that he did not remember him, There was the, the, the zakhira did not happen, however... There was vayishkachehu, that he instead forgot him. Right by Parsha Zachar, we have Zachar al tishkach, remember, do not forget. So remember seems to be the counterpart to forget, which is why we refer to Hashem in our liturgy as the one who is siskar kol ishkachos, that you remember everything that is otherwise forgotten. So on the one hand, that's, uh, the, that can explain a divine attribute of Hashem that he remembers everything. But on the other hand... When we talk about remembering, it sounds like, oh, this thing wasn't on your mind before, but now it's on your mind, now you're remembering. Not that you forgot about it, it just was, it wasn't It was in the forefront of your mind, it was in the back of your mind. And the question is, is that something that could be attributed to Hashem? So we tried talking about that a little bit as well. It's hard to suggest that there's anything that's ever on the back of Hashem's mind. Rosh Hashanah, um, to be called a day of Zechira, a Zikaron, is a very, very strange thing, um, because... It, it, it sounds like Hashem is not ever conscious of those things. But Hashem is ever conscious. He's constantly conscious of everything. There's nothing that, the, there is no fact or even an opinion that exists in the universe that Hashem does not currently see and, and calculate at every moment. And maybe we think of Rosh Hashanah as a day of extra cheshbon, but we don't call it that. We, call, we don't call it a yom of cheshbon. We do call it a day of din, but it's a, we call it a day also of zikaron, a day of remembering. So, we've been wondering about just that concept of zikaron. What does it mean that Hashem remembers? That Hashem somehow dips into our merits, and He looks into the past to see things like that which we lean about on the second day of Rosh Hashanah, the akeda, right? Where that's the leaning that corresponds to the, to the passage that we're going to talk about now from yermia, which, um, parenthetically, um, is from Paraklamet Aleph, Sokim Aleph, 3, Thirty One, One through Nineteen. But the uh, the Kriyas of the Akedah is a merit that we try to to evoke and invoke so that Hashem should show us mercy. Right? We do that through the shofar as well. The shofar is supposed to also evoke memories of the Akedah, and we hope that Hashem is going to reach back into the archives and to find some zchus for us to remember us, so to speak, or for Hashem to remember the emahos, um, merits that they might have had that would allow them to be zochah to have children, whether it was Sarah, Chana, or Rachel. So this can all be true. But what I believe we find in this haftara is something perhaps even more poignant. Um, and, and, that, and that is when we focus on the psukim that actually make it into the Rosh Hashanah liturgy. Because right, although the most famous psukim are Rachel Mavaka Albaneha, Mini Kolech Mibachi, all of those really emotional lines that, again, are the subjects of many songs, many powerful songs. However, the words that make it into the Rosh Hashanah liturgy, into the, into the Rosh Hashanah Machzer in Zichronos, are in the very last Pasuk of the Haftarah. Also, another famous song in its own right, Havein Yakirli, Yakirli Ephraim. So, what does that mean? Havein Yakirli Ephraim. So, what's significant about this? So, if we translate it very plainly, And I'm going to say also loosely, Havain Yakirli, the son that is precious to me, Ephraim. So, who is Ephraim? So, we know that historically, Ephraim, of course, was um, one of the sons of Yosef Hatzadik. Yosef Hatzadik was the son of Rachel. In fact, the only son that Rachel got to enjoy in her lifetime, that is because as soon as Binyamin was born, she passed away. So the only son that Rachel really knew was Yosef, and one of his sons, the second-born of his sons, who somehow became greater. We know this from the fact that Yosef, when Yaakov blesses Ephraim and Manasseh, the grandfather blesses his grandsons, he puts his right hand on Ephraim, famously. And yet, although Ephraim is supposed to be representative of the greater... We yet find in Tanakh the opposite, that Ephraim is often the stand-in, he's the model, he's the reference to Klysrel in its unflattering state. It's a reference to Klysrel when they are on the lower end, when they are not doing what they're supposed to do. Right? Ephraim is the um, also the, 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 the tribe um, whom Chazal tell us they tried to escape Mitzrayim earlier and they didn't have the merits and they were destroyed on the way out. Um, by, by by the you know by by the nations uh, it was either one of the uh, Canaanite nations whether it was a Malik or the Plishtim but the point is they tried to leave early and that's why we suggested based on the Gemara that that the the subject of the dry bones haftara from Yechezka which we spoke about Pesach time so one of the opinions is that all those dry bones were the bones of people from Ephraim. There are many other explanations that relate to Ephraim being the representative of Kla Israel in their state of Avera. We have Hoshea, for example, in the Treasar, um, criticizing and rebuking the children of Ephraim, who are also representative of the northern kingdom. I believe the Yerevan Ben Neva was from Ephraim, um, which um, you can fact-check me on that, please. But, um, but the point is that we have um, representatives of Kla Israel, the northern kingdom, who went into Gallus earlier for their being st- um, steeped and stooped into Avodah so, Ephraim represents perhaps the less deserving of Kleisrael. And it's with that in mind that I actually point to the Mefarshim who explained that the Pusik that I just read, or at least the first few words, Habein Yaakir Le Ephraim, so I translate them loosely because that, that letter He at the beginning, Habein, which you might say is the He Hayedia, the proper He, which means the sun. However, as I'm currently even teaching my fourth graders right now, there are two different kinds of letter He's at the beginning of a word, two different kinds of Tchilios or prefixes, or it's chiliot, but the, the letter he um, could either mean the, or it could be a he hashe'elah, which means it's a question. And if you look at the consensus of the Mepharshim, even look at Rashi right here, I believe, he says, when it says, Havein yakir it's not saying it as a statement that indeed, this child of mine, Ephraim, is precious, but Havein, is it so? Is this son precious to me? Is Ephraim really precious to me? Im shashuim? is he a delightful child? Kimide dabribo? That when, I, that, when, that when people speak of him, when I speak of him, that causes me zachar as karenu od, to constantly remember him. And thus we see why this Pasuk makes it into So It has the reference to Zakhira. But again, it's asking it as a question. Is Ephraim the one that's really worthy, really deserving, a really precious child, a faultless child, a clean and pure child, that I should hear his voice being evoked, hear his name being evoked, and I should re- just constantly remember him for tov? And what does the Navi say in response? al Kain, literally, therefore, hamume alo, my innards are going to be aroused towards mercy for him, Achemenu, and I will surely be mercy in um Hashem, says Hashem. And that's where the Haftar closes. So, from point A to point B, if you are following, there's something that's clearly missing there. Is Ephraim really worthy? After all the things that Klai Yisrael has done wrong? Are they really so precious? Sounds like it's a suffix. It sounds like it's a doubt. Right, this, is something, this is something that's subject to debate Subject perhaps to trial So what should be the result? Maybe we shouldn't be worthy Therefore my innards are going to be aroused to mercy And I'm going to surely um, show that compassion to him Why should that be the case? So again there is something missing So I want to answer this question But in order to answer this question man, We have to really return to the beginning of the Haftarah And not just the Haftarah we have to return to the Kriyasa Torah as well. Because I think these, uh, when we put the two together, they will speak to something far beyond Hashem's ability of Zechira to tap back into old merits of Kla Yisrael. I think there's something even more powerful. Um, and we'll see exactly what that is as, as we read through it. But what's happening in this Haftarah? So if you just follow along with the, the Art Scroll max look at the notes at the bottom, it says that this, uh, this uh, prophecy contains Hashem's promise to Yirmiyah. That the bnei would be redeemed, um, and of course, the, the 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 article here also references Rachel imenu weeping for her children. So this is that Hashem is going to remember us. Beautiful. But there are many times in Tanakh where it says Hashem is going to remember us, as is proven by the long paragraph of Zichronos in our davening, which has many psukim throughout Tanakh that talks about Hashem remembering us. What made this one choicest for the second day of Rosh Hashanah? So now the Rosh Hashanah. Um, uh, Kriyos Torah is split into two stories. We spoke about the Leidas Yitzchak and the Akedas Yitzchak. Right, first day was the Leidas Yitzchak. We spoke about Hashem's ability to remember and to grant life, right? Um, the, to be able to create life, to end life. We see that happening in the blink of an eye between the two Krios. Right? The birth of Yitzchak and then the potential death of Yitzchak, his life hanging in the balance. If that is not something that that we are thinking about during the Eminem, then what are we thinking about? And yet yeah, we see similarly with Shmuel Hanavi who, in the previous half Torah, who was born, yay, and then he was almost not born. He was almost unborn. He was almost killed. So life hanging in the balance, and there being no guarantees, and just realizing, as as Chana said in the in the Tzfilas Chana, which we spoke about in the last shir, that of course. Hashem is the one who is Mamus and michaya, He brings to life and he brings to death as well. Um, that which we talk about in Unasana Tokev. And in that vein, we explained that because Rosh Hashanah has the potential, and really the Amun Narayim have the potential to go in either which direction, and we spoke about this again in the Rosh Hashanah miniseries which we just started, or the Amun mini miniseries which we started, an awesome opportunity where we spoke, where we have been speaking about the two aspects of the Amun Narayim, on the one hand, days that are frightening, and yet you may days of opportunity, days of chances and, and, and days of potential closeness. So um, we, we, we explained that Rosh Hashanah is a time where we try to appeal to Hashem's quote unquote selective memory. Yes, Hashem remembers everything. We want him to focus, to put into hyper focus on the good parts of us. Right? So, similarly to what we're going to say in Yom Kippur, la bris al We want Hashem to look at the good part, not the bad part. So, with that in mind, let's look at the haftar itself. Hashem says, I find in the midbar, I found favor in the midbar, or it has favor in the midbar, which, so a nation that's Sriday charev, that has survived the sword. And haloch you style. And as I lead you start to tranquility. And from there, the uh, the uh, Navi continues, proceeds to talk about the avas Olam that Hashem has for us, the eternal love. And we find, um, as we continue through the text of the Haftarah, references to this relationship between us and the Baruch and in the first reference to Ephraim, we have when the Navi says, yom karu no bahar Ephraim. There will be a day when the when the watchmen will come to Har Ephraim, and what are they gonna say? Kumu they're gonna call out, get up and let's arise, El Hashem Elohim. let's go to Hashem our God. Like we're gonna return, we're gonna return from the Gaulus. Hashem, And so says Hashem that to Yaakov you could sing with gladness, Vitzalu and he will. Uh, Hashem will save you, the head of the nations. Hashmiu amcha Talking about Hashem saving the remnants of Kl Eizrael. Very, again, very, very encouraging messages about Hashem one time of eventually redeeming us. And as you go further, we find the more more such references. So, for example, um, in the you know, Tup pasukim later, so the very end of the pasuk. It says, Ki Yisrael, I was for Yisrael, la'av for a father, Ephraim b'chorihu, and Ephraim will have been my firstborn. So this is interesting, because Ephraim, we know, is not the firstborn. He wasn't the firstborn of Yaakov, he was not even the firstborn of Rachel, he was not even the firstborn of Yosef. Right? He was the secondborn, but he got the stronger hand, as we mentioned earlier, because somehow he was internally greater, and we see many times that the b'chor of Hashem's book is not necessarily the one who is biologically the firstborn. But that said, the Mepharshim here talk about, as we alluded to earlier, the Radak, namely says that Ephraim's reference to the ten tribes, the the northern kingdom of Kla Israel, and that again is whom we are talking to. We, that, that Those whom we might refer to as the less worthy of Kla Israel. And it's with this that we turn over to, um, a few seconds later, we get to that reference to Rachel Emenu. But actually, before we, before we, um, we um, you know, hyper focus in on that pasuk, I want to actually go back to the pasuk right after Vephraim B'chorihu. Because here we find the inspiration for another um, line in Unasana Tokev. Right, in the previous Haftar year, we spoke about where Unasana Tokev appears and was apparently inspired in Tzvilas Chana. In Yermia's prophecy, we have uh, its own reference. Shimudvar Hashem, listen um, to the word of Hashem, goyim, nations, Baim, and let it be told among the islands, Yemerichach from afar. The Imru Israel. Yisrael, the one who scattered Yisrael, he's going to gather them, gather them in, gather them in. shmaro? And he's going to guard them, kiroa edro, like a shepherd does for his flock. So that we know is also in unisantokef, kivakharas edro just as Hashem is mevakher, just as Hashem is investigating and looking deeply into. The roa edro, just as the shepherd looks deeply into his sheep, he's looking after his sheep and he's calculating and he's counting and he's, and he's concentrating. So in the same way, that's what Hashem does to us. So we find that line right here as the Navi continues to make references to, to, uh, to animals, to sheep, to, to cattle. And so on and so forth. Okay, so that, that, that was powerful enough. But what I now want to turn to, is a few psikkim after that. But the Novi says, It says, I will satisfy the desire of the koanim with fatness. And my people, they will they will be sated with my goodness, the word of Hashem. And we'll see why the word dashem, which literally can mean fatness, but it could also be a reference to dashen, ashes. Why is that important? We're going to be talking about ashes very, very shortly. Think about where ashes might appear in either the Kriyasa Torah or the Torah, And then, Focusing on the Kriyas because it's going to be relevant for what we're going to talk about in just a moment. Then we get to call Brahma Nishma, right? We hear the crying of Racham Avaka, and then Hashem saying, "Don't worry, Yesh Charpulasech. There will be reward for your, for what you have done." And there are several variations of the Midrashim in, um, in, in various Gemaras, and in the Echah um, has the most elaborate version, which talks about the merit of Rachelimenu. What was the merit of Rachel Imenu? And to perhaps answer another question that's important, let's first raise the question and then we'll try to answer it. We refer to Rachel Mavakal Baneha, Rachel crying for her children. How many of the Banim are banahel? Right? There, there was only Yosef and Binyamin that were born to her. She only got to enjoy uh, to enjoy Yosef. And even from Yosef, there's only phraim and Menashe, at least uh, according to the Pashif Shat. Um... Um, we, we saw a possibility that maybe once, uh, we, we, we read that maybe um, Yosef had other children, but only if friend and Menashe would be tribes. That for another time. But for now, let's just uh, focus on the question of Rachel Emenu. How is she the stand-in for all of Kla Yisrael? Why does Rachel Emenu represent the mother of Kla Yisrael? She is one of the Imahos, but she did not have nearly a majority of all of the children of Kla Yisrael. So the question is, what's her role in all of this? And the answer is, you might say that there was actually special merit of Rachel, that allowed all the children of Kla Israel to exist in the first place, namely the fact that Rachel Imenu allowed Leah to uh, to marry Yaakov, sacrificing her marriage to Yaakov in a normal relationship that would be a deal breaker to mislead your uh, to mislead your fiance, and uh, and she did it, to, and she was perhaps not even intending to marry Yaakov at that point anymore. She was giving everything up to her sister so that her sister shouldn't be embarrassed, and through that, all of the children or a majority of the children were born. So perhaps Rachel has an argument to make that rightfully all the children are hers too. And yet we find from the same Midrash in the Rabassi, that it's because of this merit that V'shavu Banim L'Gvulam Hashem is going to remember what Rachel Emena did and he's going to allow Kleistrel to return from Galus to its soil. Why is this important? This is important because... This merit is apparently an endless merit that goes back to Rachel I mean, Rachel gave everything. She sacrificed everything. And to give up everything is not is not some it's not something simple. To give up everything means to cre- to forever create a merit that'll be there for the people because of because of the nature of that kind of a sacrifice. Right? This is why the 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 Medrash says that after all the Avos try, it's not gonna work. they're, um, they're all gonna cry out to Hashem, it's not gonna work. And what's interesting is we don't find a lashon of Zechira when it comes to the crying of Rachel Emenu. And I wanted to suggest, although perhaps a chiddish, um, but this is connected to the Pasukin Parshas Bichu in the Teuchacha, which says, um, HaShem basically says he's going to remember the covenants that he made with each of the Avos. And the uh, the Baal Turim, we spoke about this in Parsha Pardes, but uh, in in that old series, in in the Remez section, we spoke about how um, we, we, we find that it says the word S by each person, by each of the Avos, and the word s teaches us that it includes the, the wife that was with them. what's, what's strange is that um, Yaakov Avinu has two wives, so one of the essen is missing. One of the s's is missing, and perhaps a separate question: Why, when it comes to um, Yaakov, it says v'zacharti esprisi Yaakov, then it says just be It's talking by Avram says v'afesprisi Avraham Ezkar. meaning the Baal points out. Um, and, um, I think Rashi actually points out that it says the word zahar by I- by Yaakov. It says it by Avram. It does not say it by Yitzchak. Why doesn't it say it by Yitzchak? And the reason it doesn't say it by Yitzchak, says Rashi, is because the Deshen, or, or maybe the Lashon over there is actually the Afar um, but uh, the 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 Oshel Yitzchak, or the Deshen of Yitzchak, is in front of Hashem always. Well, from where? What ashes? The Akedah. The thing that we lay in about on the second day of Rosh Hashanah. That's a little bit strange. What ashes are before Hashem? Yitzchak didn't actually die. So you might say it's the ashes of the ram, the ashes of the isle. However, the uh, the Medrash refers to it as the ashes of Yitzchak. The reason for this is that Hashem clearly has accepted the ashes as as though they were Yitzchak himself. Because in fact, Yitzchak did give up everything. And when Yitzchak gave up everything, that created an eternal merit. A merit that we're able to invoke literally by invoking it. By, by, by blowing a chauffeur, by taking a horn that reminds us of the chauffeur, of, of the horn of the isle, somehow that evokes a merit which we might otherwise have not deserved. And I believe this is also the possible answer to the question of if it says S by Yaakov, which wife is it including? So it's including Leah. Why don't we have the S when it comes to Rachel Imenu? So I once wanted to suggest that the reason why Hashem doesn't need to remember the covenant with Rachel is because Hashem constantly hears her voice crying. It doesn't say zachor. We don't have Zachronos when it comes to Rachel Imenu. Hashem is not merely you know, remembering, which she is still crying right now. So when it comes to Yitzchak, even though we try to evoke the memory, but really the ashes are ever-present before Hashem, and when it comes to Rachel Imenu, the crying is ever-present before Hashem. And because of those two merits, of those complete self-sacrifice, it's not just Hashem dipping in um, you know, and giving us some chos avos. You know Why? because the governor says tamas Khosavos that on the larger scale we don't really have chos avos, especially if we are not if, if we're not um, visiting the merits of the avos by living how the avos lived so what chos do we have from the avos yeah we still we, we still invoke them all the time because we have nothing else but it's very hard to summon Chesavos at our whim when we really don't deserve it. And I believe this is where our Haftar comes in. Havin <speaking> Does Ephraim really deserve it? Does Ephraim deserve the merit, the, the lowest of Kla Yisrael? And the answer is, maybe not. But there have been people who have given everything. And for those people that have given everything, which shows that you know, and it does not say that alone, it's just in the schuss of Yitzchak's ashes or in the schuss of Rachel's crying. But I think even more than that, those things which show the ability to completely sacrifice yourself to give everything away, even though there's perhaps a fair argument to be made that it's not fair. Why should Yitzchak have to die in the Akkadah? Yitzchak didn't do anything wrong. Why should Rachel have to lose her marriage to Yaakov just because Lovin is a liar? You know, there's a fair argument to be made, and yet they overlooked it. So Hashem says, Havain yakili Ephraim. Is it true that Ephraim is so precious? Maybe on some days, on their better days, yes. Maybe on most days, they are not. And maybe they really don't deserve it. But this Haftar, I believe, comes to tell us what happens when we really don't deserve it. And the answer is, even when we don't deserve it, in al Cain, therefore, because they don't deserve it and on their own, you know, they, they, they would not be able to hold their own in a, in a court of din, Hashem says, therefore, hamu may I lo. am going to arouse from inside myself the ability to overlook the ability to give, to, to give away everything, as it were, the way Yitzchak did, the way Rachel Limeinu did. And for their children, I'm going to do the same thing, even though, again, they may not really deserve it, but just as these people gave away everything, Hashem says, I'm going I'm to turn away, I'm gonna, and I'm going to give everything to them, and I'm going to give them the merit that perhaps they did not deserve. I'm going to give them perhaps these, uh, the, the reward that they don't deserve, but it's going to come from or Rachamenu. Hashem says, I'm going to work overtime to have Rachel that is so desperately needed on the Yom Hadin. And perhaps that is why this reading is so important for Rosh Hashanah, the second day. Whereas, if the first Haftarah and the first kriya talks about Hashem's power of life and death, and it talks about not just Hashem's power of life and death, but the fact that Hashem does remember, Hashem remembers good from our past, Hashem remembers those who are downtrodden, all of this is true. I believe this Haftarah hones in on what happens when we have maybe proven ourselves to not deserve it. And yet there's an eternal love that Hashem will muster. He will muster it. Hamu may I love. It'll come from my insides. Hashem is going to bring it up and Hashem is going to use it. And it'll, it'll, it'll be there. It's, it'll be our ace in the hole. It'll be the last chance. It'll be the last thing that we have. But once we have that, and the voice of Rachel Eimeinu is still crying, it shows that, you know what, maybe Hashem can muster up that mercy for us, even though, again, we, you know, we, we, we don't have it in our bank account. Hashem says, okay, you don't have it in your bank account. So if you don't have it in your bank account, therefore I will, I will, I will find it somewhere. I will find that quote-unquote scholarship you know, within, within my Rachamim. It's an endless bank account. Just like Rachamim you know, has an endless, endless crying, and Yitzchak's self-sacrifice at the Akedah has an endless merit. So in a similar vein, we have an endless bank account of Rachamim. Um, if we ever need it, of course, that's not to say that there aren't there 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 isn't some kind of limit that Hashem will eventually place, but it's to understand that Hashem has within himself within Hashem's goodness not within what we are deserving but within Hashem's goodness there's an endless supply of rachamim that could be tapped into and, um, and, I, and I bless us that we should be zocha to in fact tap into that so if you enjoyed this share and I was like on the podcast I'm going to partner up with the sponsorship or if, or if you have questions comments, concerns, recommendations or you want to join the database podcast whatsapp group where you can find links to have uploaded share and links to share and that I repost due to their relevance then all you have to do is reach out to me at the database at gmail.com that's the database b-e-i-s-gmail.com and until next time of course, have a wonderful Shana, a wonderful Shabbos, and thank you for joining us here at the database.